You're listening to Are You Happy Business Podcast on Captivate. Hello, Are You Happy Podcast. Today I'm here with Delane Blazik, the founder of Solus Coaching and Consulting. She's been doing part, part-time for at least a decade now, um, but she just recently this past year started going full-time in her coaching business, um, particularly helping women who are entrepreneurs or in the sales world, um, because she found that in her experience in sales, a lot of the sales is very male-oriented. Um, so she, her history, a little background, she was a counselor for 14 years, clinical counselor, found that they didn't work out too well for her with the scheduling um, because a lot of her work happened on the weekends. And then she, from there, did sales for another decade. Um, and yep, again, in this past year, been going full-time on coaching um, because it gives her a lot of flexibility. And in this time as well, she has written a book that she'll share a little bit more about. But um, yeah, we just had a really cool conversation before starting this podcast, talking about um, just like workflows, how we both work in bursts. Um, she has shared a little bit about how her working works and like she'll have a top five list of things that she finds a priority and she'll get into those um, and then take care of those first. But yeah, there, we have a very aligned and there's a lot of knowledge to be gained from Delane. Um, so Delane, without further ado, would you mind sharing a little bit about your business first and then getting into um, maybe like your origin story? And if, if, you're, or if it's easier to tell your origin story and then um, talk about your business afterwards, that's fine as well. Just give us a little background. Yeah, sure. No problem. So as you mentioned, my company's name is Solus Coaching and Consulting. And I recently wrote a book and it's called Power Your Pay, the all-in female entrepreneur, entrepreneur's guide to make millions and still be yourself. And the way that this process and this book originated was actually through my own career path. As you mentioned, I was a clinical counselor for many, many years and then had kids of my own and then decided that, hey, you know what, not the best time to work nights and weekends when you have small children of your own, because that's when they went to go have fun and spend time and do all the family activities. So I did make a pivot reluctantly into sales at that time when a colleague of mine had said, hey, you know what, you're okay with people. You might be good at sales, but Clearly, I was good at, with people, but a therapist, for goodness sakes. But nonetheless, that's where it started. And I probably would not have taken that first business development job, except when I went in for the interview, I realized right away that I was going to make a lot more money, have a lot more freedom, and, and be able to do a lot more things that were more flexible with my schedule. So I did accept it. And as you mentioned, I had grown into technology sales. I started in business development. I had grown to every position there had been all the way up to the CCO of an international software firm, doubled my income five times, and identified this process that was very different from what was being taught traditionally. Uh, most sales trainings in technology and probably in other areas of the world too were created for the masculine approach by men for men to be co- delivered to men. And as a woman in sales, it didn't work for me at all. So I created my own in the background, very highly relationship focused, and that is where the process began that created the book. So that's a little bit about me and where I'm at and what I do now. What's the name of the book? And can you share a little bit more about what you mean by the relationship focused sales? Because um, people are interested in it. Yeah, for sure. So the name of the book is Power Your Pay, the All-In Female Entrepreneur's Guide to Make Millions and Still Be Yourself. 
And it follows the process that I've developed. It's five steps. It's super simple. It's plan, prioritize, present, propose, and produce. And it's all about developing connection early on in a relationship and cultivating genuine relationships so that there's never a point where you're not in constant dialogue with what your customers' problems are and the needs are and how you can help them make matches of that. Either that's with you and the product that you're delivering to them or something else. There's nothing more powerful than helping someone through something so that they can remember you later. And if it's not right for them at that time, it's never just like a no. People have a hard time getting over the no. It's just a not now. So once you can embrace that and release the need to control the outcome, you're going to be successful no matter what. I really like that. I feel like if I were to go into sales, it would be this route as well. I feel like you are targeting females with your approach, but it's definitely just a sales technique that I feel like men can uh, leverage as well. And I feel like it's more human. Um, a lot of the things that we've been talking about so far are habits that you've been able to create and that you promote that are very human. Um, it's a, I think the, the um, nine to five corporate life um, is not very in tune with how like human nature is. And I think that like, we didn't really expand on it, on it but what you talked about of, of like working in bursts um, is very human-like um, mm-hmm. and as well as the way you teach sales. It's like people want to, people don't, even salespeople don't want to feel salesy like that doesn't, I mean, maybe there's people out there that are really into sales and it makes them happy to constantly be thinking about how they want to sell the person. But I think that if you can, if the way that you've created your sales coaching business where it's more connection focused and getting I like what you said about getting um, into a point of constant communication about other the, the prospects' problems. Because that's mm-hmm. at the end of the day, that's what you really want. You only want to help them when their problems and your services align. Um, so I definitely have a, a lot of appreciation for that. Yeah, I like what you said about the humanistic report. I think so many times we hear that word holistic a lot, but it's gotten diluted over the time. So I really appreciate that new language, a very human approach, very real approach. And that evolves into the life work balance that everyone seems to be chasing in corporate that post pandemic has really been reevaluated from a human centric mindset. And that is essentially how this works. It's just all about relationships, working when you feel motivated, having the flexibility in your day to do what you need to do when you need to do it. Yeah, it's awesome. Uh, How's your career because I could almost feel that um you've had a background in like therapy because you're a good great listener and you um seem to like have really good communication skills but is how my question is how um how has your career as a counselor been able to help you in your um coaching and sales and all of that that's a great question you know being a clinical counselor we're trained to diagnose and observe things about human behavior very early on and i think the most direct correlation to that is i'm sure you've heard of the 30 second elevator pitch in sales well post pandemic our attention spans have shortened greatly so we no longer have that 30 seconds we now have about 15 seconds and in the first seven seconds buyers will know if they want to work with you or not And that's usually just a few words. You haven't had an opportunity to really say that much at all yet. So when I work with people, I always try to alert them to the fact that people are making assumptions, judgments, and determinations before you really even open your mouth that much. So you need to form a connection right away. 
And one of the ways that I've been able to leverage my clinical counselor education is to read body language. I'm a big fan of reading body language, making connections, being observant as to what people are interested in, whether it's in person or in Zoom, you might notice something on their desk, you might notice a painting behind them, something to form that connection and commonality as soon as possible. Is there any tips that you can give to someone um, for virtual stuff, like what they can put behind themselves? Because I think that's actually a really good tactic. I never really thought about that Um, because I made a really good connection with someone last week and they had a a picture and like it was like more like a painting and it just said like choose happy or something and Mm -hmm. I was like oh we're really aligned because we have a happiness podcast and um, that's just choose happy so like it was just an opportunity to connect with people Um, and that's like the beauty I feel like of the virtual world is that like you can put something in your background that communicates a lot about you. I think so. You know, even the artificial backgrounds still say a lot about the personality, even if it's just a color or an image, or sometimes people put like places they've been before. So then you can start talking about a destination. I just think it's so much better than the common questions, especially on Zoom of where are you located? What's the weather like? What are you hoping to achieve? It's just very dry. It's very non-relatable. And that's the biggest challenge, I think, with Zooms. I always say at the end of the day, hey, I'm Zoomed out. Can we just have a phone call? Because I'm then focused not only on what's going on and visual cues and trying to make yourself appear happier or more alert, because a lot of times I've noticed that even on Zoom, people's normal faces, if they're not really focused on smiling or looking at the camera, they look unhappy. And I'm like, this is just not a a visual image that you always want to portray. So I think that's a really good point about noticing things in the background, noticing people's voices and inflection, and trying to think of different things to form that original connection with besides the standard generic questions that everybody asks. Do you have, have you created a, a list of standard questions for yourself that are different from the where you located stuff or does it kind of just happen naturally for you? At this point, it kind of happens naturally for me, but I do encourage people to create something that I term a discovery checklist. And that is everything that you want to know about that person. So before you have any initial call, usually do some research, usually know a little bit about them, what they're looking for, where they work, maybe what they represent. Um, sometimes you can even, you know, learn some hobbies without being too crazy stalker psycho and at least have a point of reference so that you can understand where they're coming from, possibly what they're looking for so that you can confirm and validate instead of coming in totally ignorant and not really feeling like you've done any work to understand their initial problem. And then it just kind of evolves from there. But um, I do help email entrepreneurs. And like you said, it could be male entrepreneurs too to develop these discovery checklists that not only are in alignment with their offering, but in alignment with our, their ideal client's needs. And I think that is really the trick of it. Interesting. Has there, um, in your past like year in your business, has there been any like big breakthroughs that you've like noticed new things or has there been any big obstacles? Um, Basically, have there been any big wins for you? because of a certain thing or any big obstacles that you face? Yeah, I'd say both. Um, The main reason that I started doing this full-time was I think I'd mentioned to you, I'd turned 50 and I'd read the Shonda Rhimes book, The Year of Yes. 
And the whole premise of the book was her sister challenging her to say yes to things that she always said no to. And I remember reading that distinctly because I, I thought in my mind, oh, you know what? I've been doing the same thing. What would happen if I said yes to every opportunity that came my way rather than discounting it or saying no right away? And that had changed the whole trajectory of that first year. Things that opportunities presented themselves that I would have never thought possible before, um, things that I thought might have been problematic evaporated. And the path was lit much more easily just by embracing positivity and using the power of yes. That's awesome. I really like that perspective. Um, I guess this would be a good time to close and give you the opportunity to answer the big question, are you happy? Great idea. I know happiness is a choice. So it's a constant work in process. But today, yes, I'm happy. I'm working on living in the present. And I think that is truly the key to happiness. We live in the future. We're anxious. We live in the past. We're depressed. So I am happy today. That's awesome. I like the um, succinctness in your answers today and all the value you've been able to provide. I do want to give uh, you the opportunity to share with our audience um, where they can reach you or your business. Sure. You can reach me on my website, which is soullesscoaches.com. I am also on Facebook under Soulless Coaches or Delane Urban Blazik, Instagram as well. And please feel free to check out my book. It's on Amazon, Power Your Pay, the all-in female entrepreneur's guide to make millions and still be yourself. Thank you so much for your time today and for being on the podcast. It's been wonderful. I appreciate you. Thank Delaine. you. Thank you. Have a great day. You too. Bye-bye.